Coming up on today's episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast, we talk about a couple of TBs that could be on their way to TB. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm James Yarko, joined as always by Bailey Adams. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you follow along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at JYarko underscore Bucks, at BaileyJAdams22, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Bailey, it's good to have you back, buddy. It's been a while. Thank you. It's good to be making my triumphant return. Well, hope I guess it's hopefully a triumphant return, but good to be back. Good to talk to you again. I know it's been two or three weeks now. Yeah, it's been a little while. You know, David was on on vacation and we felt, you know what? How about David and I knock out a, a couple of weeks together since he missed all that time? And then you had a big event going on in, in your personal life with a buddy of yours over over last week. And so we can we can finally meet back up here and and talk about the same thing that we keep talking about every day. I was just about to say, I was saying not much has really changed since the last time we talked, except a lot of the same, same, same conversations. I'm, I'm at my breaking point, Bailey. Can you, can you make it another couple weeks? Probably not. That's fair. I, I think me missing the next couple of episodes is going to help with my sanity. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, David and I are kind of back on our, on our normal schedule. He'll be off on the Wednesday shows. I'll be off on the Thursday shows. But then I'm also missing time for my son's tournament up at Notre Dame, which he is very excited about. Um, so, yeah, I, I think a break from talking about it will at least help my sanity a little. Unfortunately, I'll still have the Twitter to deal with. Yeah. Luckily, hey, with... with but You'll get to go uh, watch your son win another gold, huh? I hope so. That'd be nice. Yeah, we're a little worried about this team that they'll be playing from St. Louis. Apparently, what this St. Louis squad likes to do is they're they're similar to the organization my my son plays for, which is the Dayton Stealth, where they have one travel team and then they have three house teams. Now, my son is on a house team. He was not good enough to be on the travel team, but it's also his first year of competitive hockey, and the travel team costs more than double what the house team does, so I was okay with that. um and what they do is they go to these tournaments and they cherry pick the best kids off of all of their house teams to create like a pseudo super team to take to these tournaments so we're a little concerned about them but you know what it's going to be a really fun experience for him no matter what so they won the championship that mattered sweet yeah now they can just go uh, enjoy notre dame hopefully get a couple wins that'd be nice yeah, yeah, except for, uh, you know, the the travel is not going to be enjoyable. We have to leave the house at like four o'clock in the morning. That's that's not good. Not ideal. <laughs> and it's funny because then we have to play a game at four o'clock up in Michigan which, I mean, Michigan isn't that far from South Bend. For those that don't know, South Bend's like at the very top of Indiana. But this hockey rink's like 35 minutes north. And so we have to leave the same time that we're finally allowed to check into the hotel room. So I'm going to have like four to five hours to kill with my son while we're both completely exhausted with no ability to take a nap 
in a place that we've never been before and have no idea what to do. Adventures. Adventures with your son, though. That'll be it'll be a good time. True that. True that. Thank thank you for that, Bailey, because You're I've been welcome. stressing a little bit. And it's like, you know what? We'll just take we'll 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 enjoy whatever opportunities are presented to us at that moment in time. Yeah. I mean, at risk of going even further off topic, I know David's gonna have fun with this one, but my dad and I had a trip last May where we went to Durham just for little overnight trip, uh, had some flight credit to spend. We went to see the Durham Bulls play a baseball game. We got in, and we couldn't check into the hotel yet, so we just went and checked out the Duke University's campus and just killed some time doing that and then went to a nearby mall. I mean, we just we enjoyed the time together. It was fun, so hopefully you guys get to do something like that. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. I know I'm going to have to track down, like, the official Notre Dame bookstore on campus, oh, yeah. probably get them a Notre Dame hockey shirt. Um not football not football. No, yeah please don't do that no Good. no but if he wants to root for notre dame hockey he's he's gonna have some tough decisions is he gonna root for notre dame hockey because he played in their facility is he gonna root for miami university hockey which is where tampa bay lightning legend blake coleman came from that's right blake coleman's already a legend there was another uh oh boyle dan boyle played for miami i like dan boyle like yeah. Brian Boyle too. We are way off the rails really early. We are, but you know what? That's the joy of the James and Bailey episodes. But you're right. Let's go <laughs> ahead. I, ultimately, I'm just stalling because I don't want to talk about quarterbacks anymore. And we're here to talk about quarterbacks because there's more stuff coming out about quarterbacks. Okay. Mm. Let's let's start with was it Mike Sando? Is that yeah. right from the Athletic? I believe so. He is the one that sent out the report on Monday that I'm sure many of you have seen already, where he takes some information that he gathered at the at, at the scouting combine and put together a mock draft of the first 10 picks. But in doing so, he had a one-on-one with a NFL general manager who is remaining anonymous at the moment in time. And that GM told Mike Sando of The Athletic that what he had been hearing at the Combine, which, of course, is when all the tampering actually starts, not this little three-day window that they use for God knows what reason. We all know tampering started at the Senior Bowl, and we all know it. But this GM told Sando that, quote, I am hearing Tampa Bay is hot on Bridgewater. Now, Bailey, this is a name that we have discussed numerous times. And I would say the fan base is as divided on Teddy Bridgewater as they are on Jameis Winston because you have all the folks out there saying that's a terrible decision. Why would you sign Teddy Bridgewater? He doesn't fit the offense. He has a noodle arm. He can't throw the ball like Jameis, yada, yada, yada. Um, To which I always reply if the guy who created and is running the offense decides to sign a certain quarterback, I would venture to guess he believes that that quarterback fits the offense and his opinion is more important than all of ours. Now I tweeted that out and uh, got a lot of positive response, but some of the response was who's to say that Bruce Arians even wants Teddy Bridgewater. This is just a rumor. I understand that. And I'm not saying in that tweet, or as I said on the podcast, 
I'm not saying that this means that Bruce Arians does want Teddy Bridgewater. But if we are to take this rumor to have some sense of truth behind it, and Bruce Arians is truly interested in signing Teddy Bridgewater, or, and I know a lot of people are going to shudder at this thought, if Teddy Bridgewater is actually signed, that means that Bruce Arians, again, the man that created and orchestrated this offense and taught it to Byron Leftwich, who you know calls the plays, Bruce Arians believes that Teddy Bridgewater fits what he wants to do. Does that mean that there's going to be some scheme adjustments, maybe some minor tweaks and alterations to some plays? Absolutely. He's done that his whole career because Peyton Manning is not the same as Ben Roethlisberger, who's not the same as Andrew Luck, who's not the same as Carson Palmer, who's not the same as Jameis Winston. There's always been tweaks, but it just so happened that Bruce Arians has had some big-armed quarterbacks. Now, I don't believe Teddy Bridgewater has a weak arm. Is it as strong as Jameis's? No, absolutely not, and I will not pretend that it is. But people forget that Carson Palmer was not supposed to be the Cardinals' starting quarterback when Bruce Arians took that job. And now the name escapes me. It was some it was some dude from the Browns. Was it Drew Stanton? Or no, wasn't him yet. It no. Was it Kelly Holcomb? Oh, that's that's one that's another name that he's coached. I know that. It I was can't Kelly remember. Holcomb. Okay. Because Holcomb was gonna sign with the Bengals. And Bruce Arians called him and said, drive up to Cleveland because we're gonna take you. And then when when Bruce Arians went to uh, when he went to Arizona, he had reached out to Holcomb to be their starter. And then they made the trade for Palmer. So. It just so happened that Bruce has happened to have some big armed quarterbacks. But Teddy can throw the ball down the field. Is he going to get 55 yards in the air? No, maybe not. But he could throw the ball, say, I don't know, half a second earlier, maybe get 45 yards in the air, which could then lead to more yards after the catch for Mike Evans and or Chris Godwin and or OJ Howard and or who's the running back out of LSU that you like? Clyde Edwards Elair. That's the one. Uh, or Thaddeus Moss. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I said it. Um <laughs> So the offense isn't going to change drastically if Teddy Bridgewater or Phillip Rivers or Tom Brady is the guy. Just means some minor tweaks. Yeah, and that's the thing I, I don't really get throughout this whole argument is, I mean, he's Teddy Bridgewater is an NFL quarterback. He doesn't have a weak arm. He doesn't have a noodle arm. Yeah, like you said, he doesn't have the same arm strength as Jameis Winston does, but he doesn't have to. I know we were talking about this earlier today, and I, I just looked up a couple of the, these numbers and stuff, and there's these these stats came out about deep ball completion percentage. Teddy Bridgewater was fourth in the NFL. I know his his attempts on deep balls were much lower than Jameis Winston's, and grant that's granted, like that's obvious, but he's still of the attempts that he had, he completed forty six point seven percent of them, which is just behind Patrick Mahomes, who's just behind Dak Prescott, and. So there's that. I mean, he's, he can he can throw the ball deep. He's an NFL quarterback. And then as far as his career, 
you look at the adjusted net yards per pass attempt, his average isn't even that much lower than Jameis's. For for that stat, it's less than a yard uh, fewer than Jameis's, and for his career, and so you can't really say that he doesn't ha- he can't throw the ball deep. And like you said, if he gets the ball out quicker, it's going to open up the opportunity. Maybe it's not as as many yards in the air, but it's going to open up opportunities for yards after catch. Because how many times have we seen Jameis Winston throw the deep ball and his receivers kind of like hanging under it for a second, and then by the time he catches it, there's a guy on his legs. So that whole argument I don't really get, and I probably should have prefaced this whole thing, and if you haven't heard that word before, it's pre it's preface. <laughs> I, I stole that joke from uh, Gary Goldman. Um, but if, yeah, I, I should have. He's hilarious. I should have I should have prefaced it by saying I'm not here advocating for Teddy Bridgewater over Jameis Winston. I've said it in the past, and I'll say it again. I don't really care what happens at quarterback because I, I see the good good of Jameis Winston. I see the bad. I know some people are incapable of standing in the middle, and I'm not saying I should be celebrated for standing in the middle because it's not really that hard. But anyways, I'm not advocating for Teddy Bridgewater over Jameis Winston. All I'm saying is he's more than capable of coming in, running Bruce Arians' offense, and you know whatever whatever tweaks Bruce wants to make to it, especially if Bruce Arians sees him fitting the offense. Like you said, it's Bruce Arians' offense. It's not Twitter's offense. It's Bruce Arians' offense. So if the Bucks really are hot on Teddy Bridgewater, there's reason behind it, and Bruce Arians is one of those reasons. Yeah, ex- exactly. So you know, and it's just I've reached the point that. I'm going to I'm going to have a column about this up on Bucks Nation today as you're listening to this. I've reached the point that I'm starting to believe. Now I have I don't I don't have anything to base this off of. It's just my own personal feeling and I'll dive into the reasons why I believe this, which I feel make a lot of sense in in my column, but I believe the relationship between the Buccaneer and James Winston may be reaching a point where it can no longer be repaired. I think some of the things that have been said publicly, and we all know the, the old adage, actions speak louder than words. Um, I mean, Bailey, think back. When's the last time a team drafted a quarterback in the first round even go so far as to say top 10. And after five years, they allowed that quarterback to explore free agency. And then that quarterback went back to the team that drafted them and they had success. I couldn't tell you. If you are allowing a guy who was your number one overall pick in the entire draft. If if you're letting that guy walk out the door to test the market, you're not sold on him. That's not your guy anymore. And I understand wanting to get fair market value and not overpaying, but in today's NFL climate, quarterbacks that the franchise believes in 
don't reach this point. Even when the Redskins were unsure about Kirk Cousins, they slapped the franchise tag on him three times. With the Bucks being so much more concerned about making sure they keep Shaq Barrett, <clears throat> an undrafted guy that they signed to a one-year prove-it deal last offseason, over the guy that they picked number one overall should tell people how they feel about Jameis Winston. Now, is it possible that he comes back on a two or three year deal? Absolutely. But I think everybody should understand at that point, if you've allowed him to test the market, and you're coming up empty-handed and bring him back, that shows where he stands, and it's not in a great place. I understand that ownership loves him, but you know what ownership loves more than Jameis Winston, Bailey? Money. Exactly. And Jameis isn't putting butts in the seats anymore. That excitement, that, that hype, That's gone because it's been five years of losing and turnovers. And that's not on all on Jameis Winston. I understand that. And I'm not going to say that it's strictly his fault that this team has been losing. But it's probably best for both sides, the Buccaneers and Jameis, to just move on from one another. Let both sides get a fresh start. And if this LASIK thing helps Jameis and he finds success in New England or in Las Vegas or in Los Angeles or in Indianapolis, more power to him. I'm happy for him. I'm excited for him. I would love to see Jameis reach the potential that I thought he could reach back when I was campaigning for him to be drafted by the Bucks. It's yeah. sad that it, it, it's not happening with the Bucks, <laughs> but for, for both sides, it may be best to just go your separate ways. Yeah, I mean it's it's such a like it's such a weird spot right now where they are. And like you said, it's he could come back, but there's still gonna be that weird hanging feeling of they weren't really that committed to this guy. They they've said time and time again, we want to see what's behind door number two. And you don't do that unless you're really just like, uh, Jameis is kind of our backup choice. Like, I don't know. I, I guess you could say that they're they're vetting all their options, sure. But they've had every chance in the world since, I mean, the end of the season, since during the season to say Jameis is our guy, whether it's on the franchise tag or whether it's on a longer term deal, he's going to be our guy going forward. They haven't said that. They haven't even gone against saying that. Like, they, it's not only like they're just like, oh, no, we're not sure. They Bruce Arians the other day said Jameis Winston is an unknown quantity, which is I, I feel like something that Jameis probably didn't like hearing. So if something happens to where they do end up back and, and they they're they reach an agreement and they're he's playing with the Bucks in 2020 and beyond, it's just gonna be I think a little bit weird maybe at first and then as soon as something goes south and they start losing that relationship that was already kind of getting rocky, I think it's going downhill. It's just a really weird spot for them to be in. It's to the point where they've said so many things and so many things have kind of just leaked out that it's so hard to see him being back. And now that I said that right here on this podcast, he's probably going to reach an agreement like tomorrow, but 
it's just so it's so difficult to see that happening right now just because of everything that's been said and everything that hasn't been said that they've had chances to say. Well, somebody else that we're going to have to talk about is, um, well, he's the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. I understand he's 42 years old, but for any of you that didn't see what Allman posted about Tom Brady, do you know that Tom Brady had as many touchdown passes in the 2017 postseason as the Buccaneers have in their franchise history? What? Yeah. Say that again. Tom Brady in the 2017 postseason had as many touchdown passes as the Buccaneers have in every postseason game they've played in the franchise's history. Okay, that's that's crazy. I will say that I heard you wrong at first, but even still hearing that a second time, that's pretty wild. Yeah. Wow. A lot of people are continuing to point to the possibility of Tom Brady coming to Tampa Bay, which I realize on the surface sounds completely insane. It does. But does it? (laughs) It does. Because, Bailey, I challenge you to take a look at the teams across the NFL. They're in the market for a quarterback. And I want you to find an option that Tom Brady has that has better offensive weapons. That's fair. I don't know that any of them really do. Actually, none of them do. I challenge you to find any team in the NFL that doesn't need a quarterback that has a better collection of offensive weapons than uh, the Buccaneers. Off, the, I'm having trouble off the top of my head, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I think we can safely say without being called homers that the Buccaneers have the best receiving duo in football. Yeah. I think it's also safe to say that Tom Brady loves him some tight ends. True. And there's one heck of a tight end duo in Tampa Bay. If OJ Howard returns, which I have my questions about that. Maybe you and I can discuss that next week. (laughs) And we all remember how Tom Brady did when he had two really, really good pass catching tight ends. One of which we will not speak of. Gronk, yeah, I'm a little over him. <laughs> okay. Speaking of which, did you see the Aaron Hernandez document? Anyway, I digress. Okay. Um, so you take a look at, at at those pieces, and you think, hmm, an aging quarterback with an opportunity to play with two Pro Bowl receivers and two upper-tier pass-catching tight ends. That's got to be pretty intriguing, right? Then you throw in to the mix an offensive-minded head coach like Bruce Arians. And you got to think, hmm, this is a guy that's coached two future Hall of Famers, probably both first ballot. I think you can make the argument that Ben Roethlisberger is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah. Coached a 
a guy who probably would have wound up being a Hall of Famer had he not had a untimely retirement. Yep. A guy that probably should have won at least one Super Bowl had he not been stuck with Marvin Lewis as his head coach. <laughs> and you got to think, man, that's kind of intriguing. But here's something that not a lot of people, at least not people that I've seen, are talking about. And you have to factor in Tom Brady's ego. Bailey, what do you think about Tom Brady's ego? Tom Brady's got an entire brand built around himself. And his wife has a whole brand built around herself. There's got to be... Uh, a nice nice sized ego there that's for sure well well deserved i guess yeah oh I mean, absolutely he earned it he earned absolutely. it absolutely but this is a guy that wants to go out and test the free agent market and prove for his own legacy that he can win away from the greatest head coach in the history of the national football league i respect it so again i ask you to look at the landscape of NFL teams that are in need of quarterback that could be pursuing Tom Brady. And I ask you, which team would help cement his legacy more than a team that has not made the playoffs in 13 years. They have the worst winning percentage out of any team in NFL history. And you could walk in there and lead them to the postseason, not even the Super Bowl. You could get them to the postseason, and people around the nation would point to you and say, "That's why he's the goat. He even got the Bucks to the playoffs." Did you so, just did you just convince me that Tom Brady is going to come to the Bucks? I might have, but if I didn't. Let's take a look at what some other people around the NFL are saying, shall we? What a segue. Right? So, Ben Lindsay of ESPN was pointing out free agents that every team in the NFL should sign. And for Tampa Bay, he believes that one guy is and should be Tom Brady. Lindsay wrote, quote, Brady wasn't the same Brady last season as the one we've all grown used to seeing, but his 79.0 overall grade still ranked 12th at quarterback. The big problem was the Patriots lack of playmakers on offense. A one, two punch of Chris Godwin and Mike Evans has to sound pretty intriguing to Brady as he considers where his career will end as both guys were top 10 wide receivers by pro football focus grade during the 2019 season. The Buccaneers have the cap space to make it work. And with a much improved defense with Brady orchestrating a talented offense could have the Bucs as legitimate contenders in 2020. But wait, there's more. <laughs> Matthew Barry, also of ESPN. You guys know him. He's the fantasy football guru. Had an amazing cameo appearance on the show The League. If any of you watched that, let me know because that show was incredible and not enough people watched it. Also, Gerald McCoy was on an episode of The League. 
back when he was a Buccaneer because the show's been off the air for like five years. Anyway, Matthew Barry starts talking about the intel that he gathered around the 2020 NFL scouting combine in Indianapolis. And he said, quote, there was lots of talk coming out of Indy about Tom Brady, and that speculation won't die down until the future first ballot Hall of Famer makes an announcement. But two things I can tell you. As of Combine Week, almost everyone I spoke with believes Brady will play for a team other than the New England Patriots this season. And secondly, I'd rank the non-Patriots teams likely to get him in this order. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tennessee Titans, and Las Vegas Raiders. So now you have two guys working for ESPN with their sources and their inside info, and they're networking at the largest collection of NFL coaches and minds all in one place. Coming out of there saying, quit sleeping on Tampa as a landing spot for the Buccaneers or uh, for, for Tom Brady. And on top of that, it was on ESPN last week where I can't remember who it was. It was, uh, um, um, who was that backup quarterback that ran out of the back of the end zone? And he's now on ESPN. The dude that played for the lions. Oh no. Um, you all know who I'm talking about. Anyway, yeah. this this guy goes on a rant about how there's no way Tom Brady goes to the Buccaneers. You the, you can't even think. And Jeff Darlington cuts him off and he goes, oh, no, 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 no. There's definitely a chance that Tom Brady goes to the Buccaneers. So I'm just saying, <laughs> for those that don't like the idea of Teddy, if the Buccaneers are to move on from Jameis Winston and you do the veteran slash draft pick route you let a guy like i don't know eason develop for a year or two take the reins after said veteran has left who better than brady i mean good grief the guy it wasn't his best season in 2019 it wasn't his best playoff performance in 2019 but I certainly think there's some credibility to the fact that he did lack weapons. And I do think that there is some credibility to the fact that the Patriots just weren't that good of a team. Yet Brady <laughs> and company found a way to do what they always do, and that's win the division. That division. Yeah, that division. Tell me. Tell me the NFL would not be foaming at the mouth if Brady were to go to the Bucs and they, oh, they can schedule two primetime matchups of Brady versus Breeze. Two guys at the end of their careers fighting, literally fighting each other for a division title to try and go win one more Super Bowl. I I don't know what to say. I'm like, I feel like you're in my dreams right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think I said it. We talked about, I don't know, probably a month ago at this point, over a month ago, 
that show that we did the one day where we ranked the possibilities of the four quarterbacks. Oh, I um, remember that. That was a thing that we did. We did do that. It was a very long time ago. But I think I said at the time, Tom Brady to the Bucks is one of those things that I will not believe even a little bit until I literally see it happen. And all of this, like all of this is logically, I, I can follow all of it logically. It makes a ton of sense. If if he can get past the the idea, if, if his ego lets him get past the idea and says, okay, I can take care of this team who has been just garbage for years. If he looks past the stench that is the Buccaneers as a franchise and says, I can win with that team. Yeah, I mean, the weapons, the weapons fit. The, the defense looks like it'll be, um, you know, pretty good to great next year. Um, if all things go as planned this offseason. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the fit seems there. And I, I do want to point out, too, people have this idea that, oh, if Tom Brady comes to the Bucs, he'll, he'll die behind that offensive line five games in. I don't know why everyone seems to think if they sign Tom Brady, that's the only move they're going to make this offseason. <laughs> if they sign Tom Brady... He's not just stepping into the Bucks, the 2019 Buccaneers. This is still a team with a top 15 pick that I would love to see them spend on one of those tackles if hopefully one of them is there. Um, and they also have plenty more cap space to work with if they want to sign a veteran. So they're going to they're gonna do more than just sign a quarterback and then plug him in behind the 2019 offensive line, which really wasn't as bad, I think, as everyone made it out to be. That's a whole other conversation. but. Like as I'm saying, is is this makes sense logically? I just can't see it. I, I won't believe it until I see it. Yeah, if for for whatever reason, people seem to forget that. Yeah, the Bucks have to address offensive tackle. Like, no matter who no, the quarterback is, right? There, yeah. there's no, there is no right tackle right now. Tamar Dotson is not under contract, <laughs> right? There is literally a gaping hole on the right side. So in one way, shape, or form, yes, that will be addressed. I would love for it to be with a first-round pick. And then in the – if they – I don't know if he'll last to the third round. Your um, your boy, um, Chocolate Eclair, whatever. whatever. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm never going to remember his name. But – Call him Clyde. Clyde works for me, <laughs> but look, let's look at this. Let's look at this for a second. And I know we're over on time, but David and I go over on time. Anyway, I know you and I have to get out of here soon because the lightning and the Bruins are about to play and we both want to watch it. <laughs> That's hockey talk. The Buccaneers bring back their defensive free agents. So Shaq is back. JPP is back. And Dominican Sue is back. Carl Nassib is back. You've maintained your front seven that, no question, had a big second half of the season and is a big reason why so many people are high on the Buccaneers being able to finally get over that hump because Todd Bowles had those guys playing elite defense. I, I want to say it was... Um, oh, who was? Somebody on Twitter. Oh, it was Matthew Barry. Matthew Barry called out a guy that was laughing at him for for putting Brady to the Bucks, talking about how crappy their defense was. And he goes, second half of the season, they were a top 10 defense in DVOA. Like, mm -hmm. 
plain and simple. So they bring back all those guys. You sign Tom Brady. So now you're heading into the draft. What are your needs? Right tackle, running back, quarterback, backup quarterback, I guess. Maybe a wide receiver, unless yeah, Scotty true. Miller's going to step up and be that number three guy. But but a slot receiver is a guy you can find, like a Brashad Perryman, out on the street for about $2.5 million. Or maybe a fourth-round pick. With with this with this wide receiver class, as deep as it is, yeah, it could be a fourth-round pick. Yeah. Well, don't they have two-thirds? Mm. Aren't they going to get – or is it – I don't remember. No, they only have one third. They're not going to get it. Aren't they getting a compensation pick or is that the compensation pick? Oh, the compensatory picks. We don't know those yet. So we're not even, we're not even going to worry about those. Okay. So you can go into this draft with a surefire first ballot hall of famer probably gets his gold jacket during the Super Bowl celebration after he wins in his final season. Like they're not even going to vote. You address offensive tackle at pick 14. That means in round two, now you're getting J.K. Dobbins, DeAndre Swift. And I realize people cringe when just the mere thought of a running back on day two in the second round is mentioned. But look, that's when you draft the running back. Because four years from now, not well, not only is he going to be cost effective for the next four years, but then four years from now, you draft another one. This is why you don't draft them in the first round. And I realize there have been plenty of first round running backs that have really made an impact. But how how's how's this? Um, there was that running back a few years ago. A lot of Buccaneers fans were really, really mad that the Bucs passed on because he went to some school in Florida. I think he's playing in Minnesota right now. Bailey, what round was <laughs> Dalvin Cook taken in? I thought you were referring to Marlon Mack. Nope, nope, not that one. <laughs> what what round oh. was Dalvin Cook drafted in? It was the second round, right? Oh, it was the second round. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say he's been pretty effective, right? Yep. Kind of the heartbeat of the Minnesota Vikings offense. Something yeah. like that. So you draft a game-changing running back in the second round, whether that's Swift or Dobbins or Clyde. Clyde. And now all you're doing for the rest of draft weekend, best player available, because all you're drafting after you take that running back at the top of the second you're drafting depth you're set that's a playoff caliber team why have you gotten my hopes up like this that's my job bailey that's what i'm here to do is it though it is because all i'm thinking about right now is like as we're talking about this scenario and talking thinking all that happens and then with the 14th pick i don't know my dream is that tristan Wirfs falls to them but that's not going to happen yeah, McKay probably not going to either. Even I don't know any of those top four tackles. Say Andrew I get Thomas, one of them. Seems Andrew Thomas, Andrew Thomas, a sexy name right now. Yeah. So say he gets them at fourteen. They take him at fourteen, and then yeah, they have their pick of those running backs in the second round. Or 
even if they want to wait a little bit, they could go if they want to take Jacob Eason, if he's the guy they want to groom behind Brady, that could be their second round pick if he's still there. I don't even really know how where he is right now. And then the third round, you can take your running back, Cam Akers from Florida State. I know all the Florida State fans would cry with emotion for some reason just because he went to Florida State. But if Cam Akers out there, there's a, there's a lot of good running backs out there too, as well and, as wide receivers. And most of them are pass catching running backs. Exactly, and that's that's the key too. Is Bruce Arians went out and said, yeah, David Johnson type. Now I know people are saying, oh well, he could just go get David Johnson. Why go get David Johnson when you could go to the draft, get a cost-effective guy and the guy that's younger, doesn't have the injury history of David Johnson, and has the same skill set. And you can control him for, what is it, four years. And then, you know what, if he prices himself out or isn't effective anymore, you draft another one, like you said. So, yeah, I mean, there's that that scenario I feel like has to be a dream. And I don't know how if, – if you listen to that scenario and you don't think that sounds good, you really just you're just a Jameis Winston fan and not a Bucks fan. I don't mean to like come off like that and and just tell you you're not a Bucks fan, but you gotta you gotta think about that whole situation, and you can't tell me that that doesn't sound like a team that's destined for the playoffs. And listen, I've I've been a Jameis Winston fan since Florida State. I still like Jameis Winston a lot and really want to see him have success. Would prefer if he would have success in Tampa because. You know, there's still going to be that part of everyone that's a little bit salty if he goes elsewhere and, you know, does really well because, of course, we can't have nice things. That's It's going to be that whole thing again. But that scenario with Tom Brady, a defense that's kept together, and then the ability to go into the draft and take a tackle and then stock up on depth, like, I don't know how you can't get excited about that. By the way, David Johnson drafted in the third round. There. Yep. There you go. And the the final thing that I'll say, I think I've said it before, but I don't know. All the days are running together anymore. <laughs> this is a team that has put out teaser videos about unveiling new uniforms in April. <laughs> you have an ownership group that has not seen their stadium sell out with their own fans in a decade. Nobody's going to put butts in the seats and move brand new jerseys the way Tom Brady will. Because we can all talk about how much we hate Tom Brady. I love him. But most people that hate Tom Brady hate him because he wins all the freaking time, and people got sick of it. Just like they hated Michael Jordan, just like they hated Shaq and Kobe, just like they hated the the golden state warriors or the yankees or whoever they hated him because he won and a lot of those opinions are going to change if tom brady's holding up a red jersey in between jason light and bruce arians at a press conference when i was talking to my dad about it uh he had texted me and he said of course they would go after the one quarterback that I hate more than Jameis Winston. And I said, yeah, but why do you hate him? He said, because I'm sick of seeing him all the time. I'm sick of seeing the Patriots win. I said, are you going to get sick of seeing the Buccaneers win if he's under center? He, uh, he hit me back with a touche. <laughs> That's what it boils down to. You want to put butts in the seats? You want to sell merch? 
You got to win. Yeah, but what number are those jerseys going to have on them? <laughs> seven. Seven. Because, seven. Because after 2020, Tom Brady will have won his seventh ring. Oh, my God. The Buccaneers become the first <laughs> team to win a Super Bowl in their own stadium as a seven seed while their quarterback wins his seventh ring wearing number seven. I got to figure out what the meaning behind all those sevens are because I don't know. Might not be a good thing. Isn't it a good thing in the lot or in, in slots sevens, you pull the lever and you get the sevens across? I think so. Holy yeah. crap. Well, you just figured it out. You know what's going to happen now. We are cracking code. This is turning into like the Buccaneers edition of the Da Vinci Code, and we figured it out. We did it, Bailey. Did we? I think you we're, cha- we're changing lives for the better. <laughs> and with that, puck drop is about to happen. So we are going to get out of here. Please send us your voicemails to 813-444-5841. The more, the merrier, because poor David... He's going to be doing like solo episodes the next two shows. I've got something real quick. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> I looked up the biblical meaning of the number seven. Uh-oh. And it is, <laughs> it's the number of completeness. Supposedly. Oh. So, oh, I thought you were going to throw the seven deadly no. sins at me and I was, I was well, going to get nervous. There is that, but this says, I don't know if this is, it says this is from a website. So. Don't quote me on this, but it says we have to say that is the number of perfection and completeness. The first time when number seven was used in the Bible was in Genesis one, in which number seven was used to determine the week of creation. And it says, according to the Bible, number seven is the number of completeness. So take that for whatever you want to take that for. (laughs) Real, real quick. Yeah. Bailey, do you know when baseball was first mentioned in the Bible? I don't. Genesis chapter one in the big inning. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) And that, ladies and gentlemen, is your locked on Bucks dad joke of the day. (laughs) Please send us your voicemail so that David has, uh, you know, something to talk about that potentially won't be the quarterback. You can do so by giving us a call at 813-444-5844. For one, check out everything Bailey and I are doing over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you're following along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, at BaileyJAdams22, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. I won't talk to you again until Tuesday, but I'm sure I'll be speaking to a lot of you on Twitter and please don't get mad at me if I'm posting pictures of my son in his tournament all over Twitter. I know it's not buck stuff, but Hey, I'm a hashtag proud dad. So it is what it is. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day an outstanding weekend. Please help David out a little bit. And we thank you so much for joining us right here at locked on bucks. <laughs>